and welcome to the Making School Shine podcast brought to you by Bullpen Marketing. I'm Susie Senna. I'm Jeff Hollis. And I'm Lindsay Boucher. And we're the creative suite over at Bullpen Marketing. Today we're going to be talking to you about photography in schools. Essentially, you have two options at this point. You can hire some professionals <clears throat> like ourselves to do it, or why not try it out yourself? We're hoping to give you some pointers that will be easy for you to follow and do it yourself. Equipment can include your iPhone, point-and-shoot camera, or more professionally, the digital SLR. Yeah, and basically what you're looking for is a big enough memory storage that you can capture each photo at at least 12 megapixels. That'll give you the range to use it on a website or do it for print. And now in the digital world, you don't have to worry about running out of rolls of film. So you can take as many photos as you need to get that one perfect shot that's in focus and has everybody smiling. It's definitely better to have more than enough pictures than not enough of that one shot that you need. It's really easy for pictures to come out out of focus or blurry at times. So taking a number of pictures guarantees that you'll have at least a handful of usable pictures out of that bunch. That's a great point. And also, if you're photographing a group of people, someone's inevitably going to have their eyes closed during one of those shots, so just keep shooting. Our next point is pay attention to your composition. From beginning of photography school, you're always taught the rule of thirds. That's when your frame is cut into thirds, both horizontally and vertically. And those crossing points is where you want to put your main focus on your shot. It's just known that that's where most people's eyes tend to go to when they're looking at a photo. So it's just more natural. Yeah, and there's no need to have your subject in the middle of each shot for every shot. You need to think about where are you going to use these pictures? Are they going to be used in print ads? Are those print ads going to have text overlaid on them? Or maybe your home slider page on your website? Does that have a place for words somewhere? You really want to be thoughtful about where your subjects are in relationship to your photo. But also since, again, you're in the digital world, you have as many shots as you want, as many as your memory card can hold. Mm -hmm. Rules are made to be broken as well. So I'd say get that shot with the rule of thirds and then experiment. Mm -hmm. Maybe you will find something else that is just awesome. To help out with the rule of thirds, especially in the digital era, a lot of cameras these days, even iPhones, often have a setting to where you can turn on the rule of thirds guides. So it'll actually show the screen split up into thirds, both horizontally and vertically, to help you compose your shot before you take it. Tally ho. Our next point, which is probably going to be one of the most important points that we can't stress enough for this, is lighting. You can have the perfect students in the the perfect backdrop, but if you're somewhere that it's too dark or if your lighting settings aren't correct, they're going to look like white ghosts. You'll have the the stupid dress happening with your lighting. You don't want people looking at your photography and, and asking if it's black or gold or white or blue, and we won't get into that, but pay attention to your lighting. It is crucial. I'm not a fan of flash photography. It's not flattering at all. Dealing with natural light is always preferred if you can take a picture by a window or better yet outside. Definitely. Um, that's, that's definitely what I would recommend. Make sure that window's not behind your subject. <laughs> Backlighting is terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you're outside, just keep in mind, kids already have short attention spans, but if you keep them outside too long in a sunny day, 
they will start to squint and all your photographs will be ruined by squinty little eyes. So give your kids a break. Uh, make sure they're able to close their eyes every once in a while. Outside, you can play a game like Susie does. She asks everybody to close their eyes, counts to three, <laughs> and everybody open their eyes real fast. Yes, and that'll be your most natural face that you have. So, can't stress enough, lighting is your friend, use it. Probably second importantly, besides the subjects that you're shooting, is going to be your background and surroundings. A bad background can really mess up your photo, whether it's too much clutter, someone's in the background making a silly face, makes <laughs> photobombing, <laughs> un unintentionally photobombing. Um, you just want to really pay attention to that. Yeah, it's good to be aware of what's behind your subject when you're shooting. Also, the number of subjects that's in your frame, I think that brings up another point, is it's really easy to get too much into one picture. A lot of times if you're taking a picture of a group of people where you want to get everybody in one shot, just keep in mind that a picture of less people is often a lot more powerful and a lot more versatile as far as usefulness goes. Yeah, it's okay to have groups of two, three, four. I go up as high as five. You're really pushing it at 10, and you shouldn't have 20 people in one photo. <laughs> Unless you're printing it like a panorama <laughs> right. on a wall. Yes, you're, you're graduating class or something <laughs> like that, but really try to stay away from the really gigantic group shots, unless it's like a full graduation shot. In addition to being aware of what's around the background is being aware of the students' attire and the way they look. If their hair is falling in front of their face, ask them nicely and politely if you can move it out. You don't ever want to scare a kid by going at them with your hands, so it's always good to ask them. Um, adjusting their ties or if they're wearing name tags, taking them off. If the child's wearing like jackets and you want to show the uniform, so ask the kids to take off their jackets. Yeah, hoodies, anything like that, but that's not really part of your school's attire and something you wouldn't want to publicize out there. It's okay to make these little demands. Also, for girls with long hair, sometimes the school logo is on the left chest, and a lot of girls wear their hair down. If their hair is too long, it'll cover the logo. So go ahead and just be mindful of that and brush that aside because you're taking these photos for a reason, and that reason is to promote your school. Yeah, all of these things are a lot easier to edit in person before the picture is taken. <laughs> So definitely keep that in mind when you're taking a picture is what am I going to need to change later if I don't change it now? And as designers, we've all been there where we've been buttoning a shirt or changing nail polish or straightening the hair, you know, editing out flyaways. And from our perspective, it's just a lot better if you try to get it as perfect as possible when you're there in the moment. Next pointer. Be careful of your shooting level. And what I mean by that is how you position yourself to your subject. So if you're shooting with a camera, little kids, <laughs> then you're going to want to bend down. If you're photographing a first grade or kindergarten class, you should be on your knees unless those kids are drinking a lot of milk and they're <laughs> having growth spurts. You should be on your knees or lower to really get down to their level. You don't want to be shooting down at the kids. Right, a picture at the subject's eye level tends to have a lot more weight to it. It feels a lot more personal mm -hmm. also. You're not looking down at the child when you're looking at the picture. You're eye to eye with them. Right. And that goes across all mediums when you're using that picture from, from print and website. It's the same perspective. And hey, it has a benefit to you as the shooter as well. You get good exercise. <laughs> oh, it's good exercise, Great all right. Exercise. <laughs> yeah. 
The last thing I want to talk about is posed versus candid. I think you need a little bit of both in your library. Pose doesn't have to look posed, and candid shots, well, they have a life about them that you can't put together yourself. And candid could be just going into a classroom when your teacher is instructing with their iPad or smartboard or something, and you just want to capture what's going on in the classroom and not necessarily draw attention to the kid. Because you want those moments where the kid's at their desk or raising their hand to ask an actual question to their teacher, and you want those moments because those can be very powerful in any medium you use. Pose pictures are really considering where in your school you'd like to take your photos, whether you want to take your kids to the library, the science lab, computer lab, really thinking about your place, which relates back to your, your surroundings and situation, but it's okay to have the kids smiling at you occasionally as well. It's great to have smiling kids even if they're candid or posed because you want to portray your school yeah. as a happy place for the kids. So always having kids smiling and happy is good. No, no crying. No crying. Um, <laughs> general rule of thumb, leave those out. Think of it this way. The people who are seeing these photos should have an instant emotional connection with your school. And usually smiling, happy kids are what other parents want to see if they're considering their kids in that seat. Some negative spots to have posed photos are cafeteria. Amen. That's one spot you want to leave out. There's plenty of spots you definitely want to hit. Libraries, computers, classroom, playground, any type of religious scene. Anything like this is good. If you have any questions or comments or would like to suggest a topic of discussion, please feel free to email us at podcast at academicbranding.com. And go check out some of our photos for inspiration at academicbranding.com in our portfolio section. Hope you join us for our next episode. Until then, I'm Jeff Hollis. I'm Lindsay Boucher. And I'm Susie Senna, signing out.